Welcome to the Running for Office as an Online Candidate podcast. In this series, we cover the tips, tricks, and ideas for local political candidates who want to leverage the internet to help win their election. I'm Shane Daly, partner of Daly Professional Web Solutions and Online Candidate. In this episode, we're going to talk about using email marketing for local political campaigns. Email marketing provides an opportunity to communicate and build a relationship with voters. Sending messages through email is easier and more cost-effective than through print. Once an email list is large enough, the costs of sending mass email messages are negligible and well worth the effort. The most effective way to obtain a quality email list is to build one yourself. You should start this as early as possible. Even if you don't have a website, you can still gather addresses. They can come from personal contacts, event signups, or through campaign donation and volunteer forms by adding a checkbox of add to email list on it. If you can, try to match individuals to the campaign issues that are most important to them. The more information you have on your contacts, the more you can personalize your messaging. If you use an email sign-up form on your website, don't ask for too much information. A name, email address, and maybe a zip code is all that's typically required. Asking for more information will result in fewer sign-ups. When gathering email addresses, your integrity is paramount. Create a clear privacy policy. Post that policy on your website and link to it from your email sign-up forms. Also note your policies on offline forms that you use to collect addresses. Most legitimate email marketers use a double opt-in method for adding email subscribers. When a new subscriber signs up, a confirmation email is sent to verify that they want to be added to the list. The recipient must authenticate themselves by clicking a link in the confirmation message. Once this is done, the subscriber is added and they'll receive future messages sent to the list. Double opt-in ensures that no one receives emails that they have not agreed to. Having double opt-in ensures that those who really want your messages will get them. It helps ensure a higher deliverability and open rate. Beware of paid email address lists. Many companies offering email lists for purchase are not scrupulous, and many addresses on the list have been bought or stolen. Though it is not recommended ever, it is possible to send bulk email through your own personal email accounts. There are multiple drawbacks to doing this. For example, if you use personal software to maintain your campaign email list, you must annually add or remove subscribers. This can become cumbersome as your list grows. Bulk sending email through personal email accounts or through personal email software may also be against both your ISP and your web host's terms of use. There are a range of email messaging services, from free, simple, and unsophisticated systems to more costly, complex systems that are customizable and allow for sophisticated user tracking and segmenting. Some email software scripts can be set up on your server, though that requires technical skills to configure. For smaller campaigns, free or low-cost solutions might be enough. For managing multiple newsletters or for user segmenting and targeting, a paid higher-end option may be necessary. Do not underestimate the power of email. Even if you start with a free system or simply collect email addresses from interested people, you can later upload that list to a paid service. When you start out, you may be using your personal email account to keep in touch with early supporters. However, if you plan to send messages to many email addresses, you'll need a paid email marketing vendor. These companies have relationships with internet service providers that help ensure that messages get through to recipients. Sending too many messages through a personal email account can trigger spam flags and affect deliverability. Email marketing vendors offer advanced tools and functionality, including Mail Merge, where you can automatically insert a person's name, email address, or other information into the text of a message, automatic subscription and removal of recipient email addresses, automatic error processing, where bad email addresses are automatically flagged in your database and can be easily removed, trackable URLs. This is where you can track how many people click on the links in your emails. 
This feature can be useful in determining the effectiveness of your campaigns. And it also helps with segmentation of users based on activity. A few of the more popular email vendors include Aweber, MailChimp, and Vertical Response. Political email services exist as well. Some are bundled as part of a larger fundraising or more comprehensive online systems. If you can get a trial period, take advantage of the time and test the system. It can be painful to switch vendors in the middle of a campaign. Now, I want to take a minute to talk about autoresponders. Autoresponders are one of, if not the greatest tool for email marketing. They are a series of sequential messages that are sent to subscribers over a period of time. Autoresponders are designed to get your message to the same audience repeatedly. Most autoresponder sequences are seven or so messages, based on the old seven-message marketing rule. The length of your campaign will influence how many autoresponder messages you'll want to set up. Since you don't know when someone will sign up for your email list, don't make your autoresponder messages time-sensitive. As your campaign ends, you'll want to suspend your message sequence so subscribers don't keep getting emails about the upcoming election after the election date. Map out your email narrative ahead of time. Each message in your autoresponder sequence should stand alone while forming part of a larger theme. Notice that none of the messages will be designed solely as fundraiser or volunteer solicitations. That's not to say that you won't have volunteer or donor information in each message, but the focus of these messages is to build awareness and interest so that when you send special requests, they'll be better received. So what about emails that are sent as needed? Those are called broadcast messages. A broadcast message is any email sent to your list that is not an autoresponder message. They can be news alerts or exclusive messages sent to your subscribers. So how often is too much when it comes to sending out messages? The frequency of your messages may be annoying to some, but it's important to keep in close contact with supporters, especially as the campaign season heats up and as you approach election day. For any autoresponder sequence or broadcast, you always want to assume that your opponent is a recipient. Never send sensitive information to unverified people. For ideas on style and format, subscribe to other political campaign and organization newsletters. Get a feel for how often they ask for support and how they write their messaging. In any email you send, try to limit your request to a single clear call to action. Asking for too many things will only dilute your requests. Typical calls to action include asking people to donate, volunteer, watch a video, read a news article, follow you on social media, or even requesting that the recipient forward the message to their friends. So I want to take a moment now to talk about how you can make your email more engaging. Subject lines are the first thing a reader sees, so they need to be good. You have just a few short words to provide a compelling reason for someone to open your message. Trying to be too cute with a subject line can get your message ignored or worse, flagged by spam software. Personalizing your messages is another way that you can improve your emails. Professional email marketing services can provide specific data about your subscribers. This can include email, name, address, interests, and more. This can be information subscribers provide or it can be information you add about them yourself. When this data is used properly, you can do some interesting things with your messages. Adding a user's name into a message is the most common form of personalization. When the message is sent, bracketed information is replaced with the person's name. If you do this for other information, you could further personalize messages and build a greater connection with the recipient. Personalizing by issue can be tough, especially if the issue is not a single word or phrase that can be easily replaced in an email template. And this is where list segmentation comes in. For example, if you want to send a message about a local traffic issue, you can segment users based on zip code or issues they've listed as important. Targeted messages tend to result in higher email opening and response rate. People will donate time and money after they've established some sort of affinity with a candidate or cause. 
Turning your newsletter into a broken record of send money and volunteer your time will not help. Specific requests for time and money during a campaign are fine, but if that's all you do, then don't expect much success or to keep too many subscribers. For contribution requests, it should be made clear where the money's going. Common excuses for donation requests include uh, new polling data that could be positive or negative, a real or perceived slight against the candidate by an opponent, something said or done by an opponent against someone else, to promote a new ad campaign, to fund a mailing, to close a polling or funding gap, and as a final run-up to election day. So now I want to switch topics to something that no one likes. Spam. You know, spam mail. The stuff that clogs up your email inbox each and every day. The Canned Spam Act, signed into law in December 2003, established the first national standards for sending commercial email. Political spam often includes emails sent from or on behalf of a candidate for public office or in support of a political initiative or issue. These messages don't fall under the legal requirements of commercial email under the Can Spam Act. So does this mean that you can rent a list of voter email addresses and send messages to them? As a political candidate, the law may well protect you when your campaign sends unsolicited political email, but that does not mean you can ignore all legal issues. For example, if you accept federal funds, then you may be required to follow disclosure requirements. In addition, you can be held liable for spreading false or misleading information via email if that's your purpose. Spam is generally associated with scams and offensive products. Unsolicited political spam is probably just as unwelcome to the average voter, so we'll leave it at that. So how do you track your email success? Most email marketing vendors also provide analytic tools. Knowing how your subscribers are interacting with your emails will help you refine and improve your messaging. My advice is to subscribe to email lists from a variety of candidates. I recommend doing it from a dummy email account, though. See what they do right and wrong and learn from them. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website at onlinecandidate.com where you'll find articles, resources, and information about our campaign website services. If you like this podcast, you might want to check out our book, Running for Office as an Online Candidate, available on amazon.com and onlinecandidate.com.